Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as Comeback Coach. Guys, you know when I have somebody on the show, they're either a game changer and they are changing the world and they are thought leaders. And this young lady that I'm going to talk to you about in a few minutes is doing both. But thank, I want to thank our sponsors. His, his name is James McNeil. He, he has a book out called Finding Your Passion. And it talks about finding your true passion. But also, if you are struggling with anything with suicidal ideations, with depression, definitely check out his book. And I'll be putting that in a link. So, guys, like I said, if you're a business owner, Especially if you're a female business owner, I want you to get a piece of pen and paper out because she's going to be dropping some knowledge bombs. Welcome from the UK, Miss Shilpa. How are you doing today? Hello, Richard. I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day here today. It's raining here, so it's kind of like total opposite. Usually, like when I ever was in in England, it was always raining, but here it's raining and there it's sunny. So we kind of switched. We have a bad reputation. I, I deny it. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you today? Doing fabulous. And thank you for talking with me. I'm deeply honored and excited to share my knowledge and a bit of my experience with your listeners. Yeah. So tell us, um, and I love your bio. Thank you for sending me that. Um, I, I love talking to female business owners because I don't think they get enough respect. And in the United States, less than 10% of the CEOs in this country are females. So I, I try to give them a platform to where we can actually help bring up that number of female uh, entrepreneurship. So tell us a little bit where you're from and what you were like as a little girl. And talk to us about your lemonade stand. First of all, thank you very much on behalf of the female race for giving us this platform and supporting us and encouraging us. And, and yes, it's been a challenge being um, a female entrepreneur, but an exhilarating ride. Yeah. So, Richard, I, I don't know how my business life started, but probably when I was five years old, I um, I had a lemonade stand and I, I got excited with the pocket money I was making. And and that that obsession with business and money increased in my life. I'm fourth generation a business owner. My my family have all been traders around the world and my entire family, even today, um, the fifth generation, we, we're all in business and, and, and really enjoying it. And um, I had an uncle who would visit me actually from the US and he would he would arrive and he would call on the hand li- home phone land because of course he didn't have mobiles in that day. And of course, as a little kid, I would run to the telephone and I'd pick it up all excited. The phone was ringing, it'd be my uncle. And he'd say, Shopa, how are you? And I'd say, I'm fine. He said, how's school? Oh, it's wonderful. Now tell me, he'd say to me, how is the economy? And I'd be like, huh? And he would do this consistently and he would visit us a good few times a year. So I think age 12, I ended up getting really excited and thinking, well, I'm going to tell this uncle of mine what, my, what the economy is like in, in England, and I'm going to go buy the Financial Times. So there I was, age 12, spending all my pocket money, not on those penny fizzy cola bottles that we were so popular in the UK in those days, but buying, buying the Financial Times and, and reading it. And it's, it's been interesting to see the world change all, all through life. Now, did you go to university? 
Yeah, I I managed. Um, I I'm my heritage is Indian, and uh, first I'm a second generation Indian here in the UK. So education, as for most immigrant communities, is very highly revered. They want you in the community as children to be doctors and dentists and accountants because they're respectable professions. And and you know immigrant mentality, it'll give you a really good standard of living and give you that income which perhaps the first level immigrants didn't have. Okay, so now because you know, like I, I, I served in the military for over twenty years, and there was a certain book knowledge that you had to know but then there was also a way to do things out in the field so because a lot of people they have the book knowledge but they don't know how to apply it in real life in real world so how was your college experience and how much did it help you in the real world of business that's a fantastic question. My very first job was working with a company called Ericsson, who did the mobile phones. And I got involved in the project, which was called the PCN Network, which is where you actually, I was actually involved in mobile phones. I would, I would run around with this great big handbag type of equipment to exhibitions. And I'd say to people that this is going to be the future. We will ring each other on a mobile phone. Wow. Look at life today. I remember my first day there, Richard, and I sat down and I reported to the marketing director and he said to me, right, can you write me out a marketing plan? Basic thing to do, isn't it? But I had no idea. I'd done marketing, but I'd learned the theory. I'd done accounts, but of course, accounting changes all the time. I think education is a great luxury in that it gives your mind a great opportunity to learn and develop and grow and that environment of communication, peership, and a hell of a lot of partying and fun. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't swap those years uh, ever again. If I was given a choice to live my life again, I probably wouldn't have gone to university and I probably would have gone into business straight away. Because I think what you learn from working for yourself in the business world, and especially today, there is a plethora of masterminds, accelerator programs, learning opportunities, open universities that you can go to to better yourself. So when my nieces and nephews ever ask me career advice, you know, I always take them into the corner to make sure their parents are not listening. And I say to them, don't go to university unless you go an academic route and you're following a specific um, profession you're going to be a doctor you're going to be an engineer and you, you need to have academic education but for business i, I think it's a totally different uh, approach and, and mindset altogether you know i love that you know and like mr bill gates said you know when somebody asked him one time you know did you graduate college he says no but i hire the people that did graduate college to do my taxes so it's kind of like sometimes you know there's a difference between you know, a lot of people that don't they'll go to college for business, but never opening a business, you know, they'll never um, they'll never practice what they were taught. And a lot of times when you do get an MBA in business, they don't teach a lot of real world knowledge. And especially now with the age of, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, a lot of the old school stuff just does not work anymore today. So my question to you is, now we're going to get into some specifics, 
what it was it like coming up as a I mean you obviously you don't know what it's like to be a male entrepreneur but what was it like coming up being a female entrepreneur did you have to do twice the amount of work to prove that you're worth what your worth is that's a really difficult question to answer so a big part a lot of people ask me this question I, I'm 21 years an entrepreneur this year I was so passionate about business that I didn't actually realize that I was working so hard what I did notice is that when I went into business organizations and I went into meetings I wasn't often taken seriously so even my first job in Ericsson an engineering mobile comms company I'd be in a room all full of men and they they probably wouldn't interact with me in the same way I mean business life is much different today but those are the sorts of challenges that I I, I, I faced to to ask me if it was double hard I have no barometer for that I have no idea because I just worked and became successful and I was focused and I knew what I wanted to do and I I kept going which I think any business owner has to do and and maybe many of the challenges we women have it's just a suggestion and that some of my thinking this year is that maybe we create them ourselves and if we just go forward and are focused in our plan and determined life will be okay Yes, the stats aren't brilliant. Um, the number of business owners in, in, in America and in, in the world uh, that are female, the amount of female fund, funding that doesn't happen. Um, and I think it perhaps could be just a lack of skills and a lack of confidence because we, we're programmed sometimes to think that it's hard for us and maybe it isn't. Okay. Now, so now I'm going to ask you some questions and because this is, I love getting it. I love talking business and I'm, I love learning. And uh, by the way, like I said, I'm so grateful and humbled that you decided to spend some time with me today. So thank you. I just wanted to say that. Um, okay. First of all, is business growth a science or is it more of an art form that so sometimes it has to be molded and like clay? It has sometimes it, there's no specific way to do it. So what is your thoughts on that? I think business can be a science and an art because even science has elements of art in it. The scientific elements are that there's probably a formula to business in finding what it is you want to sell. Is it a product? Is it a service? Do you have your marketing research properly done? The number of business owners that I come across that haven't found a market for their product or service, but yet have got that far to have produced it. So when you have a specific formula for growth, I think you've got a pretty good chance of achieving success. And the art element of it is the flair, the creativity, the judgment, the intuition, the, the experience and the expertise that you apply within it. And by that, I mean your own individual experience and expertise. And so now, externally. So now talk to us about because um, I know a lot of comp you know, a lot of people they try to reach everybody and they reach nobody. So what are your thoughts on niching down and finding your finding your ideal customer? I think there's so much power in, in, in niching down and being very focused on who your client is because that gives you an opportunity of meeting the demands, likes, tastes 
of that specific market group, you can find out all about them. Where do they hang out? What do they read? What podcasts they listen to? Um, what what um, what products and services do they also buy? That's advertising opportunity. That's um, look alike for them, and it it's emulating their tastes and their their customization for them to make it really easy for them to like your product and service. Okay, I I love that answer. Um, like I said, I, as I'm listening, um, I'm, I'm learning also. So like I only have a ninth grade formal education, but since doing this show, you know, I've talked to several seven, eight and nine figure earners. So I learn every show that I do. So thank you for being my teacher. I'm very uh, humble and, and appreciative. You know, a lot of people, they do something that they don't like just to make, just to make a dollar or to pay the bills. Talk to us about like I love interviewing people. That is my passion, something that I love to do. So talk to us about passion in business. Yeah, I think passion in life is absolutely essential. And so it spills over to having passion in business because without passion, I don't think you can you can have a successful business. When you possess passion, it it enables you to have so much more focus and presence in, in what you want to achieve because it's almost an unconscious driver, an unconscious belief system that's driving you. And its success is then your, your main focus. It also means, Richard, that you will work tirelessly to create a product that is demanded by your target customers. So you work really hard to find the best customer service that keeps your existing customers loyal to your business. And if we look around you at businesses that show passion, um, it, it comes out of every pore of everything that they do. And it's not so much about the products and the services and the in income that they make and the profits that they make, but it's about the actual service that you've been producing. Do you have Brewdog beer there? Uh, that I'm, I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar. Uh, it must, with. must be a, a British, um, a British firm and Brewdog are really known for their culture and how everything is about the beer. And they've just actually this week, um, done an affiliation with a hotel. And in that hotel, all the rooms actually have a beer fridge and a beer tap in, in the actual room. How cool is that? You can just see beer enthusiasts going in there. And what I'm trying to explain with that is that when you're so passionate about your product, you will want everyone everywhere to have it. And that's where your your income and your profits grow. Okay. You know, and I love that because like in, in the United States, we have a company called Chick-fil-A. Yeah. They they are, have been, for, I think for the last 20 years, have been known as the number one company for customer service. And there's always lines out the door. So there is something to the customer service and talk to us about building relationships in business. Because for me, you know, like now that we've talked, um, this is just the beginning of our relationship and I'm all about building generational relationships. So talk to us about relationships in business. I think relationships in business are the cornerstone of business. Um, and I think they go into sort of, three different types of, of business relationships. 
and that's your customers, your stakeholders and your teams, and your suppliers. And they're three different relationships, but really essential for us not to lose our ability in life to touch and engage because relationships actually allow the business to flow and tide things over when things things are not going well we we we've had a really rough year globally and i've seen businesses survive very much because of their businesses and that's purely because when there's that trust that knowing and that relationship suppliers have said to customers okay you 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 haven't opened your business for the last 10 months and you you don't have the money to pay for our bills we're not going to call the receivers in on you we're going to wait because this is different had that relationship been missing i'm i'm pretty sure that it wouldn't have been as as nice and comfortable to the to the customer okay so now what three things can an entrepreneur do to have success in life and business because you know for me my, in my mind um it makes no sense for a person to have a multi-million dollar company and go home to sit at the kitchen table by themselves and eat alone yeah so you know and like i you know i one of my favorite sayings is some people are so poor all they have is money <laughs> so so talk to us about being successful in business and life because it's two different things it's you know like you have somebody like bernie madoff that was successful in life but floundered everything else so please talk to us about success in life and business yeah i think it's almost essential these days to gone are the the heydays of entrepreneurism where you you worked 16 hours a day and you didn't have a life um today life is very clearly that if you are successful in business be successful in life too and create that business and the first thing i think is start a business that increases your happiness so you can run a business that gives you what most people go into business for is freedom creativity and and often money but find a business that gives you free time to live to be alive uh, and i tell you something if i knew this 20 years ago i would have most certainly led a very different life but hey ho um i think i think um it's really important that we find balance and harmony and really be very clear on our work life and say okay so for me it's a hard re- it's a hard stop for me in the evening at six o'clock. i will never go back to my computer in the evening and that's when i t- spend time with my family i go for a long walk i watch a bit of tv i'm in the kitchen um in the mornings i have a a, a morning routine i i know they've become really popular but they really work and until pandemic i didn't have a morning routine but now i'm up early i joined robin sharma's 5am club and i don't think everyone has to wake up early to have a great life and have balance but if it works for you 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 do what your vibe is and by waking up early and having that routine i get me time i get time to meditate journal to write to do some yoga to have a real quiet cup of coffee when the house is quiet reflect plan delegate what i want to do for the day and i'm i'm set up and i wasn't this organized before because all i did was work because i was striving 
But once I found this ability to be a little bit more organized, my productivity shot up. When your productivity is high, it gives you the chance to say, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I take every Friday off, which is what I do. And I'm going to do different things. I like to climb mountains and hike and go, go into towns and travel. And I've always been able to do that, living so close to Europe, uh, with having Fridays off. So, so they're my, my, my top tips. Okay. You know, cause I love that, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a, like, I'm a big reader, you know, even though I lost 80% of my vision, I still try to read a lot, whatever I can. Have you always been a, a reader and do you believe that readers are leaders? I love, I loved reading as a child. I, um, I absolutely adored fairy tales and Enid Blyton. And I think that's where my, my love of reading came. I most certainly have been a reader all throughout my life and um, devoured every personal development book when personal development movement started and then moved into leadership books and, 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 and great um, knowledge books. Of late, however, I've switched reading over because I'm forever on screens and Zooms to podcasts. Um, and I think there's just so much more to learn from podcasts because you've got that third dimension tonality and energy coming out as well as the knowledge and real life experiences. So I, I must admit that my ability to, to read has diminished and replaced with podcasts and, and a few audio books as well. I've enjoyed. Now over in the UK, do they, I know that they have, there's a new app out there for a Apple and iPhone users <laughs> called clubhouse i'm very big on clubhouse have you checked out checked out the the platform oh i think it's brilliant I'm, i must come and talk to you on it um i love it i think it's a phenomenal pro uh, platform social audio is certainly the way forward if you look at clubhouse they've got a massive valuation and compared to their competitors they they're just streaming ahead because again you, it, it's that authenticity that's coming across and as as human beings, we have a need for social connection. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, What's your handle on Clubhouse? Comeback Coach. Okay, right. I'm finding yeah. you now. Yep, and I have my podcast is actually, or we have a room in there for that. So I just started that. So talk to us about what is a passionpreneur? Yeah, a passion passionpreneur is someone who is absolutely using their business and their passion in their business. So the types of people that I work with are those that really enjoy their business and have tremendous amount of excitement and good feelings and good vibes about it. Are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still okay. here. My, yeah. did, did, I explain, my, did I explain that properly? Oh, yeah, but my phone cuts out sometimes. Uh, you you got to. Gotta love technology. Oh, isn't it great? <laughs> but okay, now I have a question. You know, there's there's a lot of people when they get to my age. I just turned fifty two. Um, you know, they retire out of you know either police or military or whatever, and then their kids are out on their own, and 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 it's been proven that usually after a person re retires, I'm using the word in quotations, retires. Within five to 10 years, they're dead and no longer here. So if a person w wants to retire and wants to some, 
start some kind of business, you know, especially if it's a, if it's a female, because a lot of times like my wife, without my wife, my life would not run. My house would not run. My kids would not get fed. So my wife is like superwoman. But if a woman wants to get, you know, wants something else out of life and wants to start a business, what is some of your advice to the the females out out there that might want to start a business? I I think that's um, a really great opportunity. And here in England, I'm seeing a trend for over 50s start businesses. You see, I, th- I think, and I think this is applicable not just to women, but but to to both genders. Um, I I think what happens is sort of after fifty and towards retirement, um, individuals have got so much expertise and knowledge, and I'm looking for the word. Um, I I'd like to say more confidence in themselves. They're more self-assured. You know, they've seen a lot of life. They've they've probably had a few jobs and um, been through many experiences. And a retirement business really gives you an opportunity to, you know, run away from that sedentary life of midday cocktails and leisure sports uh, and and move back into not a, a working life that's that's so heavy and intense. But something that's going to give you a lot of joy and perhaps a, 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 an additional income and experience. I, I understand that stat. I've heard it many times. And I first heard it working with medical doctors. And it was well known that as soon as a medical doctor repi- retired from his practice or from hospital, within a few years, he probably had a heart attack and he died purely because his lifestyle was so busy and on the go. And then he hadn't, because he was so busy, he or she was so busy and on the go, they hadn't developed interests, passions, hobbies, activities, and they they often had nothing to do. So my advice is to definitely um, find some things that you find interesting. Have a look at where the opportunities are. What are people looking for? What can you do so easily? And there's so many opportunities. There's licenses, franchises, um, small micro businesses, uh, and, and huge opportunities. And just go and do it. Okay. One thing you mentioned, you mentioned confidence. And, and in my opinion, there's a difference between, you know, being confident and being cocky. You know, um, there's some people when they just walk into a room, they don't have to say a word. They just have this inner confidence that you can feel. So talk to us about confidence in business. I think there's a very fine line between confidence and being cocky. And when I say confidence, I'm referring to that self-assuredness that we all feel. And you certainly feel it in your, in your older ages. And it's something that is just really about how you think about yourself and what you believe about yourself. But having that confidence in business is absolutely um, essential because, you know, today's business world is really fast paced and talent and qualifications are definitely not, not enough, but that, that confidence that you can have in yourself enables you to be situationally proactive 
assertive, focused, and, you know, that true confidence, I think, really allows you not to have just a, a positive impact in your work, in your business, but to make choices that will benefit your um, your home life too. It's about knowing your worth and trusting that other was, other, others will recognize the value of your service too. Uh, and without that confidence, I think a business owner sometimes wants to reach out, reach out to everyone and anyone, and they keep their pr- their fees and their prices low as they're fr- afraid to ask for more money. Uh, I think this is a no-no. And and when you have confidence in yourself, you you don't um, undervalue your offer. You you stand strong, and often you can command good fees. You know, and as I've, like I said, I've interviewed hundreds of people now on the show and a lot of business owners. And one of the problems that I see is, like you said, they try to beat everybody on price instead of value. You know, and when you tell somebody, well, you know, the price of something is one thing, but the value of something is totally different. So can you talk? I didn't know I was going to ask this question. So you bring, you're bringing out the best in me. Uh, can you talk about, you know, like you said, you know, not to always try to undercut everybody, but actually try to provide more value than everybody. Yeah. So I, I think um, when, when we're selling on uh, price and we're leading by it, our margin is actually eroding day by day which means that we're not making as much profit. So selling on on value is, again, about having that confidence and really being able to know your product, think it through really, really carefully, um, and making a very strong case for your, 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 your product or your service. Um, be an educator, not a salesperson. And being able to look at your buyer's fears and eliminate them. So it becomes a process that you take your buyer through and not just sell to them because they, you believe it's, it's the best thing. But it's, it's taking them through a consequential process which makes them understand that the value that you bring and it's a lot easier in today's day and age because there are so many sources for credibility for you as the, the seller, be it your website, be it your digital footprint, and um, be it your blogs and your podcasts. So people often, when they come to buy from you, are already convinced of the value that you bring. And I think it's then our opportunity to say to people, well, th- th- and educate them, and this is this is how we can sell confidently. And, you know, somebody t- told me the other day, and I guess that um, I love interviewing people. And t- I got like six interviews today. So today's going to be crazy. It's going to be a high caffeine day. But somebody told me last week, as we were talking about, you know, being an author, you know, writing books. And I didn't realize it, that the word author is only shortened from the word authority. And that once you write a book or a blog or you're published somewhere, that you become, a, a, um, I guess, an authority in whatever you're doing. And I never thought of it like that. 
So I think what you're saying is, is totally true. You know, like even, even if you have a platform like a podcast or something like that, you definitely do become um, an authority in a way. Now I have a question about, because we're talking about uh, how, like in this whole time of COVID, which we're in, we're in April right now. Um, and the whole world had a lot of the world had to pivot. So can you please talk about being resilient in your business, but also sometimes having to pivot? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Haven't we all learned so much about resilience in, in, in the last year? Um, I, I think those of us that didn't understand what resilience was learned it most certainly. And resilience is something that all business owners grow because of the mere nature of business life. And I think business life can be very different to, to work life where you're employed and you, you have different challenges and different stresses to deal with. And remember, the buck always stops with you. So I, I certainly have always said to business owners that, you know, you, you can develop more resilience by learning to relax, being very aware of what you're thinking and, and being very clear of what your outlook is and reflecting on your mistakes and failures. And over time, all this doubles up and gives you an opportunity to say, actually, I, I, I have more confidence in this. Pivoting has been, been the great big word of um, the last 18 months, I think, the last year rather. And um, it's given, again, business owners, individuals, a lot of people have had to reinvent themselves and find new ways of doing things which has caused for a hell of a lot of thinking in a different manner and experimenting. And again, that word, having the confidence to go out in the marketplace with a diff different way of doing it. So, you know, a number of pubs here in England have started doing delivery services and having beer on tap on vans, totally unheard of before. But it was that level of pivoting, taking that product or that service and finding a different distribution channel for it or a different completely different product and service, but the same distribution channel for it. And being able to sort of sit back and think, well, what is it the market wants? What can I provide? And how can I do that in the best way? And, and I, I, I do believe that pivoting will continue happening as we go back into settling into a post-pandemic world. And I, 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 saw, I truly love that. Like I have a friend, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. He had a coffee shop here in, New Jer in, in, in America and because of COVID, they closed down. So he decided to buy a bus and to start just going into the middle of a town, start making coffee inside the bus. And now all of a sudden he's making more money just by doing that than actually having to open up a shop. And he spent no money on advertising. He would just park a tr the bus in front of a housing project. And everybody would just smell the coffee and come out and buy it. So, you know, that's what you talk about is, you know, like pivoting a year and a half ago, who knew what a zoom was, <laughs> you know, who, you know, through five years ago, nobody really knew what podcasting was. And now we have over, was it two, two million podcasts out there now. So you, you have to pivot. And it's like you said, sometimes having to reinvent yourself. Now, a lot of people, um, especially like in, in, in the United States. Well, I don't know like about the UK, but a lot of people lost their businesses and they consider this out themselves um, failures. So talk to us about 
ways in which we can come back from a failing business to being successful again. I, I, I love this concept of failure because I think it's just so important in life for all of us to have have failure and and everyone has failed in life but I do think failure is almost evolutionary because it el- helps us to grow mature um, and really reach a, a deeper understanding of life and business so I think the first thing that people should really think of doing is to look through different lenses have you really failed or have you just done this in a different way because the real s- secret to success is failure because it lets us appreciate our successes so a little exercise that i take people through is list the reasons you failed if you think you failed and then acknowledge your mistakes and evaluate them and reflect on them we don't need to let our mistakes define us remember that just just something that we process through and i do think that some of our best lessons are learned from mistakes <clears throat> The era of the past is is very much the um, the wisdom um, and almost the success of the future. I always like what Edison says about failure, and I, I, I think we can take a lot from that. And that is, I haven't failed. I just found 10,000 ways that won't work. <laughs> you know, and I love that, you know, and like they say, it's not the first whack that fells the tree it might be the 10th or the 20th. So, you know, don't give up on whacking that tree. Um, so now you've been in business forever. And if you knew now, you know, now, you know, everything, you know, what you've learned, what kind of business would you get into in the years of COVID and 2021? What would be, what would you get into? That's a question I'm asking everyone. <laughs> So I can get into that business. <laughs> um, I think there's going to be huge opportunities everywhere. There's going to be a distribution of business and different sorts of businesses. I mean, I love your example of the co- the the van and the coffee, uh, the coffee van, and, and that's been exactly my thoughts while I'm sitting here in my office day in day out. Remember, England's been in lockdown for a full year. And pretty much the only time I went out was for a walk. And otherwise, I'm at home. And I think, oh, wouldn't it be lovely just to have a, a coffee van who brings me over a sandwich or a bagel and a coffee? And I can, see, I can see that this level of business will continue in many countries because there's going to be a distribution in the difference that we work. We're all talking about this hybrid working, which means that commercial buildings will be needed less. There'll be all sorts of services that, that are needed um, I think there'll be an opportunity for co-working with the nurseries and, and childcare. So um, parents can take their children to the office, but but leave them there in a co-working facility. Things like that don't exist so, so readily here. Um, I think there'll be an increase in uh, entertainment and fun. We've all been so cooped up that I think there may be a, a comeback of the roaring 20s. So I think festivals, parties, anything that facilitates people getting together will be pretty huge. Okay. Like I said, I'm I'm in total agreement with that. So now my question, because I I love asking people, and a lot of people don't like to talk about themselves, but 
I love to get them to talk about themselves. So how do we find you? How can we support your mission? How, how can we you know, find what you're doing and, and maybe even get some coaching from you? How do we find you? Oh, thank you, Richard. And it's been really lovely to speak with you today. And you've asked me some really interesting questions. So thank you for having me as well. Um, I'm, I'm very easily found on, on the internet. Shilpa Panchmatia is, is just one of me. My website is shilpa-p.com. That's spelled S-H-I-L-P-A. I'm on Clubhouse. I'm on Twitter. And I'm on Instagram. And for all three channels, my handle is Shilpa TV, and I'm on LinkedIn, shilpap.com. I offer VIP coaching programs, and I'm also launching a new mastermind, which is a global Zoom mastermind where I'm creating a safe space for business owners to come together and, and learn from each other and support each other, as well as going through a structured program. So if anybody's interested in your, any of your listeners are interested on that, I'm, I'm very happy to have a, a quick chat with them. Okay. Now the last question I ask everybody, and I love this question because I ask a hundred different people and I get a hundred different answers. We live in a crazy world. Like we talked about with COVID uh, we got grandparents, homeschooling kids. We got parents just trying to work two jobs, maybe driving, driving a cab to make money. So if I ask the average person to do something in seven days, they're probably not going to get to it. But if I ask somebody to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely. So if somebody is struggling with their business, what is something that they can do in the next 24 hours to start the right to ship and to start to get their business on the right track? Be very determined to make a change in their business because once you have a mindset of change followed by a mindset of just self-belief without thinking of anything else. So create that intention that I want to make a change and I believe I'll make that change. Then the rest will happen because you know your business, you know the situation, you know your market. With those two things behind you, you can you can make massive changes. I love that, love that, love that. So guys, definitely... If you need a mentor, if you need somebody that, that wants to help coach you to be successful, definitely check out Shelpa. She's changing the game. She's like, and she's doing it across the world. You know, I'm in New Jersey. She's in the United Kingdom, but we're, we're talking together to change the world one person at a time. Guys, I'd like to thank our sponsor, James McNeil, of Finding Your Passion. Guys, if you are struggling with anything, health, fitness, addiction-related issues, definitely pick this book out, especially if you're dealing with imposter syndrome. Check this book out, and I love it. So, Shilpa, thank you so much. And like I said, you know, our relationship just starts today. And if there's anything I can ever do to help support you and your mission, it would be my honor. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Richard, and I would like to reciprocate that. And thank you very much for having me. And I look forward to our relationship. It'll be great. We'll have, and this will go out in a couple of weeks and I'll make sure that I tag you and I'll send you all the pictures. and everything. I appreciate that. God bless you and have a beautiful week. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment. 